0: Right, so um, as you know, we're doing a series on authentic church, and this week I'm going to be talking about discipleship and temptation. So I expect that most of you, apart from um, Ethan and Lily, sorry to call you dad, most of you on a school day will either take a packed <laughs> <lunch>. <laughs> For some money to get some lunch um, at lunchtime, right? From the canteen? I got one in my mm. you do that, do Okay, that's fine. Now, how many of you actually eat your lunch at lunchtime? Okay. To. How many of you eat your lunch at break time? Sure, you How today. many of you eat it at break time? I know, no, I've already said that. How many, <laughs> many of you can't even wait that long? But <laughs> on the on the way to school or it. He, don't eat don't you uh, he, he yeah. buys it from school in the morning and then eats it. Yeah. Well Sometimes. Yeah, I was definitely in the break time crowd myself and um, to be honest, the temptation of having my packed lunch or the money in my pocket burning a hole was just too much and I couldn't wait even though that normally meant that as soon as I got home, I was like, I'm so hungry, and, like, ate loads of stuff as well. So, um, and eating your lunch early isn't that much of a bad thing, to be honest. But it is an example of something that almost all of us have been tempted to do in the past. <laughs> <laughs> I have done it in the past, oh, okay. I'm not perfect. You just don't do it, <laughs> don't I do it regularly. Okay, well. Um. Thanks for yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as I've said, today we're going to be talking about how disciples, followers of Jesus, can deal with temptation, um, which is um, temptation to do stuff which goes against God's best for us. And so, if you've got your Bible, then um, turn with me to one Corinthians, By chapter ten. 10. Two. Two Corinthians. Wait, Corinthians one. One ten. one ten. Where is two Corinthians okay. I don't know my I'm, really okay. I'm really bad at one. One Corinthians ten. I'm really bad at everyone found it? What Wait, pages? 1 Corinthians 10. Chapter 10. Page 10. 1027. Thank you, Blaine. That's the cheap way. <laughs> and it only works if you've got exactly the same Bible. What verse? The... I'm going to read it out, but it's from the beginning of that chapter. Chapter 10? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is everyone there? Or yeah, good yes. enough? Okay. So, for I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the clouds and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. as examples and were written down as warning for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So if you think that you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted you'll also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So what Paul was telling the disciples in Corinth here is that everyone is tempted to do stuff that goes against God's best for us, or in other words, to sin. And he gives some examples of ways that we can be tempted, some of which you might struggle with yourself. Things like giving more time and attention to things that God created rather than God himself, sexual immorality like using porn or having sex outside of marriage, or even grumbling because you don't like what God is doing at this particular moment. Paul says it doesn't matter if you've put your faith in Jesus and publicly committed to him by getting baptised, you will still be tempted. And it doesn't matter if you've shared the bread and the wine during communion at church, you will still be tempted. But being tempted itself is not something which goes against God's best view. It's not a sin. It's simply one of the main ways that the devil tries to attack us and test our resolve to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, our strength and our mind. Even Jesus was tempted by the devil. and You can read about one occasion in the Gospels when this happened after he'd been in the desert for 40 days. But I'm pretty sure that this wasn't the only time he got tempted. But God knows that we are attacked in this way. It's not a surprise to him. And he is more powerful than the devil is. Therefore, he prevents us from being tempted more than we're able to bear, more than we're able to resist. But if we do give in to temptation and end up doing something which goes against God's best for us, there, there are consequences. These are not, the consequences of this are not that you will lose your salvation. Um, like the Israelites after they'd left Egypt and gone into the wilderness when they turned against God and um, disobeyed him he didn't say right that's it back you go to Egypt I'm free with you he just killed them. not all of them <laughs> not immediately but um, he still called them his people and in the same way if, if, you, if we disobeyed God, or choose something that isn't in His best for us, then we will miss out on some of the good things that He's promised us, like they missed out on the promised land. Now, we don't like to admit when we're tempted, do we? Let alone if we give in to that temptation. But we can often notice when it's happening to other people. Do anyone... Do any of you know someone who, when they're driving, is quite happy to go, like, a few miles over the speed limit? Or, um, you know, the light's changing and it's just gone red, but they'll go through it anyway because it's only just changed. But then, if anyone cuts in front of them or, um, you know, jumps a light that puts them down, they make a massive fuss about it, right? (laughs) 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 That's my grand! (laughs) 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 Well, all right, how about um, people who like to put others down as a joke, but then if someone does the same to them, they, like, get really upset and annoyed about it? Or... Do you quickly point the finger at other people when something goes wrong and loudly claim that you had nothing to do with it, no matter what the truth is? Well, in the the Bible, all behaviour like this is called self-righteousness. And it can be really damaging behaviour, both for ourselves and for the people around us. In one way, we can be self-righteous is by being blind to the things that tempt us. We believe that we're pretty much sorted when that's just not true. And this can lead us to look down and, on and to judge other people when we see that they're being tempted. And when we see that they're struggling with it and wonder how they can keep on having the same problems over and over again. Jesus is talking to self-righteous people like this when he says that we shouldn't point out the tiny speck in other people's eyes when we've got a massive log in our eye which is blurring our vision and blocking it. And I was reminded that I can suffer from this form of self-righteousness myself the other night when Naomi was telling me something that she was struggling with. And I got frustrated with her because we talked about that same thing loads of times before. And she rightly pointed out to me that um, I do exactly the same thing, keep on bringing up the same issues with her and she doesn't get angry with me for doing it. And that, that really showed me that in that moment I had believed that I was all sorted and just how wrong it was that I was frustrated at her, because actually I'm no different. I'm no, like, nobody is sorted, nobody doesn't struggle, because the truth is that temptation affects us all. <coughs> so another way that we can be self-righteous is by keeping quiet about our temptations. Because, um, to be honest, they can be embarrassing, can't they, some of them? Or we can feel guilty about them. Or be afraid that others will think less of us if we're open about them. And this means that the enemy is actually able to tempt us into keeping quiet about them. And I don't know about you, but for me, it's an easy temptation to fall for. But if we do keep quiet about what tempts us, then it can end up coming to bite us in the end. What can happen is we can think that we're the only person that suffers from this kind of temptation and that we must be a really horrible person. But the chances are if you were honest with someone about the thing you struggle with and opened up to them they'd probably say actually I struggle with that too or I don't struggle with that, but I've got this other thing which is really similar that I struggle with, too. And that means that you'll realize that it's not just you. Another way keeping quiet as we try to resist temptation on our own can cause damage is that it can just grow and grow until it feels like it's impossible to resist, and we just give in. And we do the thing that um, not only damages our relationship with God and maybe other people as well, but it gives the enemy, the devil, more power over us for the future too. And finally, if we keep quiet about our temptations, it can make the people around us think that they are the only ones that suffer in um, these kind of ways. They might lose hope and even leave the church because they think that church is only for super holy people who have moved on beyond temptation and are completely sorted, which just isn't true. Because actually, the church is more like a hospital where broken people are empowered by God to help each other to overcome temptation and to be healed. Of the consequences of giving into it. So, I wasn't um, planning to give a personal example, but I think that I will. After all. So, um, and I hope that it's helpful. So one thing that I have struggled with being tempted by, in the past, is using porn. And... Um, this is... something that I've not just been tempted to, but that I've actually given into and And this is one of those things that not only damages your relationship with God, but with people around you as well, because... It changes the way you think about other people. It can change your behaviour, just like any addiction can. Um, But it's also, like I was talking about, it's one of those things that you just want to keep quiet about because, um, you know... People just don't talk about sex that much in our society, anyway, in an open way. Like, and unless if they're kind of boasting about it or whatever, which um, is just weird to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's one of those ones where it's quite easy to like think, you know, you're the only one that suffers from this temptation or that gives into it as well. Um, that it isn't possible to um, to overcome it even though you can see like you're changing in bad ways as a result of doing it and stuff like that because it is something embarrassing to talk about and um, like admitting that anything has a hold on you in that way um, is really hard to do. But. Praise God. He has helped me to overcome that. I have not used porn in a really long time. I can't remember how long precisely, but um, that doesn't mean that I'm no longer tempted by it either. It just... He has... healed me of the addiction and... um, made it possible that I can see that this is a temptation and an attack by the enemy and choose to to resist and to say no, because that's ultimately it's down to us to choose and say, because the first thing is admitting that you've got a problem or that you're being tempted and the, the next thing you need to do is to choose to do something about it and then you ask God to come in and he helps you to do that. So, um, and you, you might think that's okay for you in your situation because you have a wife and therefore, you know, um, you've got something good that can replace that temptation or whatever, but that isn't actually how temptation works because... Um, temptation often will attack you in, like, at something which is good and which you've got, yeah, you've got a good thing, you've got enough of it to satisfy you, but it makes you think you need more. Well, you know, it keeps on getting you to come back and, um, porn is exactly the same way, so, um. You know, it wasn't because I got married that I was able to overcome it. Actually, it was um, talking about it with Naomi was the first steps in realising that it was an issue. But, um, you know, temptation of that kind, like, um, you know, eating your lunch before it's actually lunchtime, Often it's not because we're hungry compared to people that have nothing. We've got plenty of food and that's what I'm saying of how temptation can often be an attack on something that you've got what's good already. So, um, But yeah, ultimately when you do decide that you, you want to um, reject that temptation and um, it can take a while but we will help you through it. So hopefully that's, that little example is helpful. But what can we do about it as a group? Like how can we in impact and in our church deal with temptation well? How can we become a church where we help each other to overcome temptation and be healed of the damage caused by succumbing to temptation? Well, firstly, we need to get honest with ourselves, as I was saying about um, the porn just now, for me, and admit that we attempted to do things that go against God's best for us, just like everyone else is. And if we're not sure what things we're vulnerable to temptation about, then we need to ask God to reveal them to us and have a think about whether the things that we often think about or say or do, whether they might help to reveal what tempts us. The second thing that we can do is get honest with God about what tempts us and ask him for help in overcoming that temptation so that we can continue to follow his best for us rather than turning away from it. And finally, we need to get honest with the people around us what tempts us as well. Now don't by any stretch of the imagination mean that we need to confess every single thing to every single person, because that just would not be helpful. But if there is something that you're really struggling with and you need help, then the best thing you can do is to talk to someone about it, someone that you trust, ask them to... Pray for you and also ask them for practical support as well. Or if someone has been vulnerable about what they struggle with to you in this way, then it may be helpful if you tell them that you struggle with the same thing or something similar. And that way they won't feel so alone and isolated by the enemy's attack. So, yeah. This is how we can deal with temptation and um, how we can help each other to deal with it is to get honest about temptation with ourselves, with God, and with others, so that, empowered by the Holy Spirit, we can resist temptation together in Jesus' name and for His glory.